Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here, and it's time for the trade deadline in just a couple days. You know what that means. I took trade mailbag questions, or rather mock trades, to get into on today's episode. We've got your usual OG Ananobi suspect. We got a little Russell Westbrook sighting, and we got a guy from the Nets that you probably weren't considering, but maybe you should. Who knows? Next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks. Your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. Starts without a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up, up. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's out. Anthony for three. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us part of your daily routine. And if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe on YouTube. I think we're pretty close to like 4,000 subscribers. That's pretty awesome. So hit subscribe on there. Hit the notification bell if you never want to miss an episode. Or hit subscribe and hit auto download on your favorite podcast app to make sure you never miss an episode that way. Uh, I am Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. You should probably plug if you're listening to this uh, and you want to read my thoughts and a bunch of other people's thoughts on the trade deadline uh, that are for The Strickland. You can check that out today. So go to thestrick.land, check that out if you want a little written trade deadline content. But uh, as I said, I took some mock trades. Most of them came, actually, I think all of them came from Twitter. So if you're watching on YouTube right now and you want me to look at a trade that you have in mind or just answer a general question, feel free to drop it in the comments. Or if you didn't get to it on Twitter yesterday, feel free to go either just tweet at Locked on Knicks, DM Locked on Knicks, uh, or just you know find the, the tweet from yesterday and uh, reply to it with whatever trade you're thinking. I'll be sure to get to it before the trade deadline itself. Uh, in probably my episode for Thursday morning. So be sure to check that out. But for right now, I do have some trades to get into. So first section here is OG Ananobi. And it's a name that I feel like we're getting pretty familiar with at this point as Knicks fans, considering he's he's pretty well available, it seems like. So I'll throw out my first trade here that I received. It was from, I apologize if I, if I mispronounce this, Iker Malo. Uh, on Twitter at Dr. Underscore Football. And this first trade features the Knicks and the Raptors. Going to the Raptors, we have Derek Rose, Evan Fournier, Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, uh, two second round picks, both in 2024, and then a 20, actually, sorry, three second round picks all in 2024, going the Raptors' way along with Dallas's first round pick this year. Coming back to the Knicks would be Kem Birch, Juancho Hernan Gomez, OG Ananobi, uh, and Gary Trent Jr. 
so my initial thoughts on this one, it is a bit too light uh, from the perspective of what the Knicks are giving up. I mean, I just don't, you're not going to get away from this deal. Not even just like for Ananobi, but like for Ananobi and Trent, you're not getting away from this deal for likely any less than, I mean, that some of them will have protections, but probably three or four first round picks. Um, it seems like Toronto is, they have a high asking price for OG. They want about three picks just for him, uh, which the Knicks allegedly offered probably all protected picks, but the Knicks allegedly offered three first round picks for OG just a couple months ago when the Knicks were kind of floundering more, uh, Trent, it seems like they want at least one first round pick for, uh, I guess you could argue like, okay, you're sending back Obi Toppin who very much kind of fits like the qualities that Toronto likes in a player. So maybe they, they're able to talk Toronto into him being a first and only send three firsts other than this, but I don't, I don't really buy it. I don't think that would end up happening. Um, that said, if I mean, if they added more picks, I think I might be into it. Like, if they give up the three, three of the protected firsts, or even three protected firsts, and like I don't know, an unpro- like the Knicks own unprotected pick in like twenty twenty five or something, and they could still hold on to that Milwaukee one to still have a pick there. Uh, maybe I'd be into this deal. You know, I I think that there's potential here like I, I think that just from the player perspective the Knicks will be giving up Obi, who's like the only real rotation piece in there and otherwise adding you know an OG and Gary Trent two big minute rotation pieces that could play a ton of minutes for them uh, OG I've already said you know I, I think in the show that I did last week how much I, I like what he could do for the Knicks in terms of his versatility on both ends, you know, being able to potentially play small ball five with Julius Randle, if Tibbs would be willing to do that, uh, I think that he would be a great fit. Gary Trent, I think, also be a great fit, you know, being able to, uh, you know, hit the, hit the three and, you know, do a little bit of everything on the offensive end. I, I think that he would be great off the bench. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would, I would look into it. Also, you know, this would make the Knicks a super talented roster at that point. And, I think that one sort of fringe benefit of a deal like this is that it would put Tibbs on the hot seat sooner than later, which is kind of a weird thing to want. But, you know, I do think that this team still is going to need a new coach to reach like its next level. And so maybe if you infuse more talent in the team and then they still can't get out of the first round or whatever, then maybe that kind of lights a fire under the front office and say, no, let's go find like our, our Steve Kerr you know, the guy that can take this team to the next level that clearly has a lot of talent and is being kind of held back by this, like, archaic way of coaching. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I enjoy the parameters of the players that were involved in this deal, but I don't think that the picks are uh, would work at all. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum here, we have another trade involving OG Ananobi and Gary Trent. So this one comes from FC at Fraser D. Coleman on Twitter. And Fraser uh, had a had a note with this. Uh, the first trade had no notes. It was just there. So this one, there, there's a little rationale. So Fraser says, swing for the fences, trade that brings in 
OG and Trent, but costs RJ, IQ, and Sims will need to add about four first. Big, assen- big assumption, Brock Aller can extend both, and uh, also Leon Rose, obviously. Uh, then said, we'll have a robust starting five with Brunson, uh, Gary Trent, OG, Julius, and Mitch, but second unit, uh, Deuce Grimes, Cam, question mark, perhaps Cam, Obi and Hart would need work. Uh, so the parameters of this trade is the Knicks receive OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. They ship out Derek Rose, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Jericho Sims. Uh, so this deal, unlike the first one, my thoughts on this one are more or less like, I think this is too much. Uh, I don't I don't think that OG Ananobi and Gary Trent are worth making this sort of an all-in trade. And like, make no mistake if you're trading RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and even Jericho Sims. I mean, that's a valuable young player who's shown a, a decent you know, skill set for being like a backup center. If you're trading away three young players plus four first-round picks, even if like three of those are protected or whatever, that's like, that's a star package. I mean, RJ Barrett, for better or worse, I know people are very hot and cold on him right now, is a blue-chip prospect. I mean, he's a 20-point-per-game scorer in his fourth year in the league. He has shown some improvements, even if people don't want to... If people want to pretend like he hasn't improved at a single thing uh, in the NBA on Twitter or whatever, they're they're full of it. I mean, he's improved on plenty. Uh, and I think that, you know, he's had his ups and downs, obviously, but all in all, like, he he could be the centerpiece of a of a deal for a bigger star along with some picks than an OG Ananobi and a Gary Trent. And then Emmanuel quickly. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who could be part of a bigger star package. He's, he's the guy. I mean, he's, he has the highest plus minus on the team. He's played phenomenal since he's been given uh, his consistent minute allotment. I mean, to include both of them in one trade plus a bunch of first round picks and only get back OG Ananobi and Gary Trent, I think would be a huge mistake. Um, I think that I think there's swing for the fences moves, and then there's uh, overcommit to hitting a double kind of moves. And I think that's what this would basically be uh, if you made this deal and ship out probably your two best young assets as far as like what their value is around the league. I think RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly went out every time. If you just ask like opposing executives, like which maybe maybe Grimes sneaks a small edge over RJ thanks to contract, but. I, I don't see that. I think that these are probably their two best young players. And I've said it before, like, okay, so I just said on that last trade, like, yes, I can see the world where OG Ananobi offers some really interesting stuff for the Knicks. But I've also said, like, I don't think he's a star either. I don't think that he has this Jalen Brunson star turn waiting in him. Uh, and maybe he thinks he does, but I don't think so. I think based off of, if you look at all the numbers, if you look at how he plays, he doesn't create a ton of his own shots. And the ones that he does, he'll create like mid-range shots. And he's like bottom third of wings in the NBA at converting mid-range shots. It's just he's he's not some like star waiting to happen. He's a great role player waiting to potentially swing the tide for some team. But I don't think that he's some like star waiting to happen. And, and it just needs like the right place to do it like a Jalen Brunson. So I would not give up this this package for him i think that's a bit too much and by a bit i mean quite a bit too much (laughs) uh but there's an interesting name to bring up next here which is russell westbrook 
Uh, and I have some thoughts on that. But first, I just do have to let everybody know that today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious treat, you don't want all the fat and calories, you've got to try a Built Bar. You know, we, we're thoroughly past the holidays now. We are uh, still in New Year's resolution season, hopefully. I've been trying to stick to mine. I've been dieting. I've been working out more, trying to, you know, get get nice and lean again. And I've been eating tons of built bars because they are like perfect for trying to keep your New Year's diet and your fitness resolutions up because they taste so good and yet they are not adding a bunch of crap to my diet. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And the macros are fantastic too. They only have 130 calories and four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein per bar. And the good news is you now don't have to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with Hit Flavors Brownie Batter and Churro. You can thank me later. All right, and I'm back to continue talking through these these trades I received on Twitter. Again, I'll uh, remind everybody that you know if you want to still submit trades, you can go to at LockedOnNicks on Twitter, or if you're on YouTube right now, feel free to just drop them in the comments. I'll monitor them and make sure to pull any ideas that people have, or even just questions you want answered. I'll answer them before the uh, the deadline on Thursday morning. Uh, I, speaking of the deadline, I do just have to remind you guys too that the NBA trade deadline is approaching and Locked On has you covered. On the 9th on Thursday, tune into Locked On NBA on YouTube at 2 Eastern to hear reaction from the trades that will change the rest of the NBA season, who becomes contenders, and who is tanking for a better future. Subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube and don't miss a deal. Uh, one deal that maybe could happen if you ask some people that uh, wanted to know things uh, here would be Russell Westbrook to the Knicks. Uh, so first... I just got a general question. This came from sell the team Jeannie Bus uh, at Laker fan forever 87 on Twitter. Would you trade for Russell Westbrook? Um, I think my stance on this is still pretty much the same as the preseason. I would maybe trade for Russell Westbrook, but not at all with the assumption of playing Russell Westbrook. I would I would trade for Russell Westbrook strictly as like a Okay, Lakers, you want actual NBA bodies that can play better than Russell Westbrook? You can, you know, send us him and his giganto one-year contract along with some assets, and we'll send back some guys that can actually play the way that LeBron wants to play and set you all up. Now, if you're following along with LeBron lately, he's been publicly criticizing his front office like crazy. Uh, he made some comment uh, the other day on Twitter, like being like, is it just me? Like, oh, why are they doing this to me? You know, whatever. Maybe a little melodramatic, but what would it be with LeBron if not melodramatic? Um, so obviously he's not happy with where their team is right now and wants pieces. That is a situation that is ripe for the taking. I mean, if you're the Knicks, you got to look at that and say, hey, the Lakers might look at some guys that other teams might say, no, we don't want him. 
unless you're going to attach something. And the Lakers might look at that person and say, that's a neutral value contract. And that's sort of where this comes in, right? So I have, I do have a couple of trade uh, options that came in, both of them from Drew404 uh, on Twitter at Woody404. Is it Woody or is it Drew? Tell me. Anyway, uh, so the first one that I got from uh, Drew404 says, salary, salary dump, buy out Westbrook or not, Either way, don't let him in MSG. Full agreement there. Uh, the deal that is proposed here is Russell Westbrook for Derrick Rose, Evan Fournier, and Cam Reddish. Uh, if I'm the if I'm the Knicks, I don't I don't know that I take this deal because my honest opinion would be like, why? You know, I I don't. It's like the as much as like Rose, Fournier, and Reddish are out of the rotation for the Knicks, and you know, I guess you could say like, oh, Fournier has one more year left on his contract. I still don't, I think that's the Knicks doing the Lakers a favor. You know, if they're doing that without any draft cop coming back, I would insist if I was doing that deal of like, we want one of your first round picks that you still have left to trade, which I think there are a few of them. Uh, so, you know, just be like, we want one of your first round picks. You can put some light protections on it or something, but you know, not doing this for free, not taking Westbrook and sending you, you know, Derek Rose, who's a respected player that would be exactly LeBron's type of player uh, to have on the team at this point that can shoot, that can handle the ball a little bit. Not sending you Evan Fournier, who's, you know, on a LeBron team would probably be perfect, if we're being honest. Like, he's not been perfect for the Knicks, but on a team with LeBron where the whole concept is just drive, kick to the outside, shoot threes, he would work pretty well. And Cam Reddish, obviously, I mean, he's his value has gone down to a degree since he's been benched all year. Uh, thanks to Tibbs, but you know, I still think that he, you know, he's not a negative. Uh, so I, I don't really see where the Knicks would give them three players that they would probably play in exchange for Westbrook and not get anything back. Uh, that said, if the Knicks could get like a first round pick back and then buy out Westbrook, sign me up for that deal. I'm, I'm all about it. I mean, I don't, I don't see why the Knicks wouldn't be either. Uh, there's another deal here too, though, from Drew four four. It's a, it's a little more ambitious deal involving Russell Westbrook. So this one is Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis for a sort of expanded version of the trade that I just said, but quite expanded. Uh, for Derek Rose, Evan Fournier, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Cam Reddish, and Emmanuel Quickly. So three very important players for the Knicks then get added into this deal. And Julius Randle... Mitchell Robinson and Emmanuel quickly uh, and the Knicks take Russell Westbrook back, but also get back Anthony Davis, who obviously is a multi-time all-star and all that uh, drew four, four also noted with this big risk when healthy uh, AD or, or when healthy, you get AD OB Barrett Grimes and Brunson. If AD is injured, then Hartenstein plugs in Mitchell Robinson is hurt every year. Why not trade him and Randall for a star? My counterpoint would be Anthony Davis is hurt all the time every year. Why trade an Ironman player who, for all of his faults in some years, never misses games in Julius Randle? You know, he he doesn't it it's like him and Brunson are very similar in that regard. Like they gotta be really nicked up to miss a game. Uh, why would you trade a guy that can stay on the court and is playing at an arguably all NBA level this year? Definitely an all-star level. He's an all-star this year for a guy that for the last like four years has just been, I mean, 
AD doesn't just get hurt. He gets hurt somehow always at the worst possible moment for his team. Like he'll get hurt right as they're in the the chase for the playoffs. So right as, you know, they need to start the season strong or whatever. He's always hurt at the most inopportune moments. He's, I mean, I, I would not, I would not give up. Emmanuel quickly, Mitchell Robinson and Julius Ren. Effectively, that's what this comes down to, right? It's like, it's those three players are essentially for AD. And then the same deal exists for Westbrook, right? Rose, Fournier, and Reddish. I would not trade those three players for Anthony Davis in a million years. I don't think he's worth it. I don't, I think at this point in his career, I mean, he's, he's older now. So it's not even like you can still be like, oh, he's just so like, you know, young that there's still a chance that he like gets his body right and everything ends up working out. Um, I just, I don't see it at all. I, I would not trade for him. I would not invest in him. He's going to be 30, like within like a month. And yes, he's averaging like 27 points, 12 boards this year. But even this year so far, he's only played 30 games out of like 50 something. Last year, he played 40. The year before that, he played 36 in 2021. The year before that, granted, it was the COVID year. So I guess he played about most of the games he played 62 so that was like his last what i would call healthy season but even before that 56 games a year before that with the pelicans i mean it's just i don't trust the dude to stay healthy period and even if he's a even if like he is in theory a better player than randall he's not a better player than randall when you consider uh, this particular moment when you consider all the availability problems and that extra tax that is on the deal that Drew 4-4 had here of having to also include Quickly and Mitch. Forget it. I'm not doing that. Not in a million years. So ax that one. That's that's not happening. Uh, I do have to quickly let you guys know about prize picks. Right before I do that, though, let me just tell you, the next deal is is a, a another one from Drew 4-4 who had a lot of ideas, and this one is going to... It's going to knock your socks off. It includes the other, other guy off the nets. I was not expecting to get this trade offer, but I'll get to it in just a sec. But first, just got to remind you all that today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And I'll tell you what, Prize Picks, it's my favorite daily fantasy game. It's so much better than the ones that you might be used to. If you're like me and you tried daily fantasy like eight, nine years ago, whatever, and, and ultimately found yourself leaving because you're like, ugh, it stinks. You're playing against, you know, all these like professionals. They're buying out all of the the entries for a given contest. They have all these like formulas that tell them how to play it perfectly. And then you end up like looking at the leaderboard and it's like all the same dude for like the top thousand prizes. And you get like one twentieth of your money back if you set like a good lineup otherwise. No, none of that with prize picks. Prize picks is just you versus the projected numbers. So let's say you're going to watch a Knicks game. You could be like, I think Julius Randle is going to have over 24 and a half points. I think that Jalen Brunson is going to have over six and a half assists. And I think that Manuel quickly is going to have over two and a half made threes in this game. And if that hits you win money, it's that simple that it's the best form of daily fantasy. You pick two to six players. And if they go on to score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25% or sorry, 25 times your money on any entry there's no competing against other people it's just you versus projections available and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it really is that easy i would tell you all the sports but i only have so much time here but they cover basically all the major sports you could ever think of 
you can make entries and you can even make mixed sport entries, which are really cool. They also offer safe and fast withdrawals and they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com and sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. And if you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right. And I'm back breaking down mock trades. Most wonderful time of the year. And get ready. There's some, uh, there's some, there's some doozies coming up here. So uh, this one, <laughs> this one's going to take up a lot of your screen here if you're on YouTube, uh, but I'll show it here. Uh, I apologize so much. Try to keep up if, if you're just in pod form right now. So, let me read this one off. So the Knicks in this deal end up with Ben Simmons and DeAndre Ayton. Uh, so Ben Simmons of the Nets and DeAndre Ayton of the Suns. The Nets in this deal end up with Derrick Rose, Evan Fournier, Jay Crowder, Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, and two second-round picks in 2024 via the Knicks. So that's all in exchange for Ben Simmons, right? So Derek Rose, Evan Fournier, Jay Crowder, Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, two second round picks. The Suns, in exchange for DeAndre Ayton, end up with Patty Mills, Royce O'Neal, Mitchell Robinson, Emmanuel Quickly, uh, Detroit's and Washington's protected first round picks. Uh, the Knicks' own first round pick this year, top eight protected, and another. 2024 second round pick goes to the Suns as well in exchange for DeAndre Ayton. Uh, if I didn't mention this, this deal also comes to us from Drew404 off Twitter. And Drew had said the Suns get off Ayton with their next point guard and quickly. The Nets are over Ben Simmons. I believe in the resurrection of Ben Simmons, but you can only have one non score on the court. Jalen, Grimes, RJ, Randall, and Ayton. Simmons, six man of the year, subbing for one to four. I <laughs> I don't know how to say this more kindly. I hate this deal. I would not do this one. I don't like it. Uh, ben Simmons, I'm not convinced he even likes basketball anymore. The guy has, you want to talk about a guy, like I was talking a minute ago about how people falsely attribute RJ Barrett with like not adding anything to his game ever. Ben Simmons legitimately has added nothing to his game since he entered the NBA and he got drafted a long time ago. And he also just generally seems like he doesn't even want to play basketball anymore. Most of the time, that's not the type of guy I want on my team. He also just, he seems to rub everybody the wrong way, no matter where he goes. I'm not about that. Deandre Ayton. I have been each time I've seen him like this year, since he re-upped with the Suns uh, against his will this past off season, I have thought he does not look like he is enjoying himself either. And he looks like he might've regressed a bit. So I don't want to get too depreciated assets and give up. I mean, just let, let's just weed out the less important players here. And we'll just give like the, the cliff notes on what the Knicks will be giving up here, basically. So basically you're talking about Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and Emmanuel quickly. So that's four players, three of which are like part of what I would say your young core. Cam obviously is, is going to end up going at some point, but then three 
protected first round picks and three protected second round picks all for two guys on 30 plus million dollar contracts that don't have great motors and don't even seem like they're enjoying playing basketball anymore in many ways. I do. That's sort of similar to what I said with the one OG deal, the like OG and Gary Trent deal earlier in the show. Neither of those guys are needle movers enough that I would be like, yes, they they're This is the move that's going to put the Knicks into a new like tax bracket, you know, like having Brunson and, Simmons and Aiton and Randall and uh, RJ, who they do manage to hold on to in this deal, that's going to put them in like the next like stratosphere. I think you're better off in that case, just keeping Mitch instead of Aiton, who I think is better uh, and cheaper. Emmanuel quickly over Ben Simmons, I think quickly at the very least wants to improve at the game of basketball. He's been a defensive dynamo and he could do pretty much anything Simmons can do other than be six foot 10 at this point. Um, but he also knows how to shoot, which Simmons still doesn't know how to do. He still has what one made three pointer his whole career as a point guard. No, thanks. I, I don't want this deal. <laughs> That's what I got to say about that. Uh, I have another one from FC at Fraser D Coleman uh, on Twitter as well. This one's for Sadiq Bay. So Fraser says, we can't land OG, it's time for plan Bay. A trade for Sadiq. Keep Obi and add more Randall-like ISOs in his shot diet. Let's see what Obi's got over the last about 30 games. IQ, Bay, and Obi would be a solid offensive second unit. Uh, the deal here is Cam Reddish and two second-round picks. It's actually Detroit's own second-round picks in 2024 and 2025 since, for whatever reason, Detroit decided to just give every second-round pick that they ever have to the Knicks. Uh, and uh, or other teams have decided to do that as well. And then the Knicks get Sadiq Bay in exchange. So I don't I don't hate this deal. Um, I'm not in love with Sadiq Bay, if I'm being honest. I think he's a little overrated. I think he's I mean he's scoring like 15 points per game, but he's doing it on literally the worst team in the NBA. I think on other teams he would not have carte blanche to just shoot exactly how he wants all the time. Uh, like he does for that team. So I'm not uh, I'm not like totally in love with the idea of getting him. I, I think he's fine. I think he's a little overrated as a shooter. Uh, you know, he shoots like 35% on like six attempts per game, but I don't think he really offers much on the inside. I don't think he's a fantastic defender. As just a bench scorer, sure. Yeah, I, I think he could be good. And yeah, I do see what Fraser's talking about where like quickly and Bay and Obi could be a really nice combo together. So in that regard, I get down with the idea. Um, I guess like ultimately if, if that's the cost, if it was Cam Reddish and just two second round picks, yeah, why not? I think that's a good enough play. Cause honestly, even if all it does is just ensure that like you get like Tibbs is okay or whatever, so you don't run into a reddish situation from last year where you get the kid and then like don't play him at all after just giving up some assets. Uh, you know, if they were like, if they went to Tibbs, they're like, "What do you think of Bay?" And he was like, "I like Bay. I'll play him." Then fine, that's great because now you finally got a guy that is using Cam Reddish's old roster spot and actually getting play time that looks like he deserves it. So I, I like that deal. I don't love Bay in general, but for that low risk of a deal. 
I don't see why you wouldn't do it uh, because I, I think that's a pretty low risk swap. And this last one is a little crazy. One last one from uh, Drew404 on Twitter. This one came with no commentary. So I get to make up my own commentary for this one, I guess. Uh, but this one actually sort of, I don't know if uh, Drew uh, listened to uh, the pod that Gavin and I did, but this was the name that Gavin brought up uh, that he thought was interesting. So this is a deal between the Knicks and the Magic. Uh, Terrence Ross and Jonathan Isaac and Mo Wagner come to the Knicks in exchange for Derrick Rose, Evan Fournier, Obi Toppin, and Detroit and Washington's protected 2023 first-round picks, both of which seem like they'll probably convey at the earliest around like 2025 or so. Uh so yeah, I I don't know how to feel about this deal. I, I giving up uh, like it's the two protected first. I feel like that's an important distinction. I do think at his best, Jonathan Isaac could potentially unlock something really interesting with this team if he could play the five. But the question is, would Tibbs play him at the five? I think it's more likely that Tibbs would try to play him at the three than at the five, which is the big problem there. But like Isaac, his last healthy year was averaging. I think I brought this stat up the other day. He was like almost five stocks per game, which is insane. That's steals plus blocks. I mean, he just, he is a whirling dervish. He creates events all the time um, and just generally causes tons of disruption this year. So far, he's only playing 10 minutes per game in six games so far for Orlando since coming back from two straight years of being out with an ACL injury, which is a concern in and of itself. Uh, but thus far, I mean, he's uh, on the numbers side. I mean, he's averaging 1.2 steals per game and 0.2 blocks in just nine and a half minutes and is shooting well from three, shooting 40% on almost two attempts per game in those nine minutes. So things are looking pretty good for him on his comeback tour here. That said, I don't know. I This deal gives me a little bit of pause, although I like getting Terrence Ross as well. I think he would give the like the extra little scoring punch off the bench that the Knicks have been missing, sort of like the Alec Burks role a little bit. Uh, but with Isaac, I just I guess I struggle to see. He probably wouldn't start. So is is he going to play? Like, is he going to be able to get 25 30 minutes or so on this team is he is Tibbs going to run him out there as a center sometimes because I think that if you get Isaac you would want him to be like your backup flex forward center so he could play either with Randall or with Mitch and potentially those could be like the only three bigs you play all game uh, you wouldn't even have to dust off a fourth big to like come in as a true center because he offers so much in rim protection and stuff I I mean I don't know. I, I, he's he's been a, a little bit of a distraction off the court. Uh, Isaac has, which I I'm never a huge fan of. But other than that, I mean, game wise, he's been great. If you could be ensured that he has a clean bill of health, and it takes two protective first. I mean, it, the clean bill of health would have to do a lot of heavy lifting there, but. If that was the case and they said yes, then I'd be like, all right. And then maybe try to recoup some of some of those first round picks or at least get some second round picks back or something and trade like Hartenstein. Um, yeah, I could 
I can get into the idea, I think. Um, it would just, that's definitely the steal from Drew 404 is definitely the, the outermost limit of what I would pay as the Knicks to make this happen, which is essentially Obi and two protected first round picks. And it, and it would be like, if I was the Knicks, I'd be like, I have to send my own doctor to go check out Jonathan Isaac, like extensively. We want to give him like one of every scan and make sure everything's good. But if he passed that, yeah, I might, I might do this deal. I don't know. I, I, I like can't wrap my brain around it. Cause I, I can't, I was, I don't know. I thought Isaac was almost getting a little overhyped before he got hurt. And now he's come back. And now I'm like, Oh, well, if he's going to keep doing what he was doing and he can stay healthy, like that's a pretty good player. You know, I don't know if he's like this future all-star that everybody thought he was going to be, but sort of similar like OG and Obi, I think he could provide a really good role for a team. Uh, so I guess we'll see, but all stuff to chew on. Again, I'll, I'll plug one last time. If anybody uh, wants to still submit trades, you can do so in the YouTube comments. You can do so on Twitter, uh, just either at Locked on Knicks or find the tweet that I sent out asking for trades or send it in DM, whatever you want to do. Uh, but until next time, we got one more game recap and then the trade deadline. So I'll have one more trade deadline show for you guys that morning. And of course, instant reactions should the Knicks do something. And then more in-depth reactions. Gavin's been on vacation the last week and a half, but we're going to try to convene for a little bit uh, on deadline day, potentially, even if I just get him on the phone or something. So uh, that'll all be coming up. But until next time, thank you all for listening, and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace out.